it's not the ads on the telly of cars rolling over ditches landing on children playing football it, none of that will, <laughs> I think that's madness because none of that will have any effect to anyone it's the humiliation that comes afterwards mm-hmm. it's your name in the local paper uh, that, that's what will truly get home because that's the greatest thing that ever happened to me was to see my name in a paper knowing that everybody in my town will read exactly what I did mental very welcome to the straight talking mental health podcast it's there in the title it's there in the artwork it's all there straight talking that's what we're here to do we're here to straight talk mental health talk openly break the stigma as much as possible we like to talk about our own experiences and we being myself alan clark aka the samuel l jackson of psychotherapy motherfuckers and Miss Sleepy Helen, a.k.a. <laughs> Michelle Maguire, coming in hot on episode number three from Hosting Duties. How are you, can dude? I just Can I just say that my name is actually Michelle Maguire, <laughs> a.k.a. Sleepy <laughs> Helen. And not my, to me. <laughs> You'll always be Sleepy Helen to me, Name is not Sleepy Helen and then also known as <laughs> Michelle Maguire. <laughs> yeah, other, people, other people call her Michelle. No, no, weirdos. I don't know. <laughs> whatever day, um, whatever they are like, but... Uh, so this week we're talking alcohol we're talking to Dave Dunn Dave uh, is going to tell us his story his own issues with alcohol in the past um, how he manages his alcohol use at the moment Uh, but before we get into that if you're just checking us out for the first time or even if it's not your first time checking us out we're on all the social media don't be afraid to to look us up don't be afraid to slide into the DMs Uh, you can catch us on the social media on Twitter at str8 number 8 talking pod we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. You can check out the website, stmhpodcast.com. If you've got a story to tell, if you want to reach out to us about a topic, uh, email us at hello at, straight at stmhpodcast.com or slide into the DMs. We're cool with that. Michelle, are you cool with people sliding into the DMs on that front? <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> it's not in a creepy fashion, like yeah, sliding in, going, yeah. here's the link to the live show. We don't want yeah. any of that. Yeah, no dick pics. Hold the dick pics. <laughs> Our advice on this show is way to be asked. Way to be asked. No unsolicited dick pics, lads. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, to kick things off on any of the show, we always do a little bit of a check-in with ourselves. We try to model these conversations around mental health, of what's been going on with us, how we've been feeling, what's been what's been going on in our worlds. Ms. Michelle Maguire, not Slippy Helen. What's been going on with you this week, buddy? You weren't the best when I spoke to you earlier. You're a changed woman. <laughs> no, I was a bit unwell today. I had a great week, was busy at work, and then I um, had a bit of a mishap with my medication today. So I was a bit unwell, and I had actually vomited my guts up just before I was talking to you. And then yeah. I was like, I got a voice oh message off it, and I was like, there, is no, there is no way she's regarded as like, I'll do the interview, I'll take it, the buddy, you know, I'll step up. You're like, no, no, it'll be grand. I was like, she is not going to be fucking grand. She is. Dying. <laughs> yeah, I feel a bit off my nut, but other than that, I'm feeling much better. So, mm. um, look, I think that I just seem to be experiencing a lot more side effects of late, which is something I'm going to raise with my doctor. Mm. Um, do you know, I, that's that's the medication. I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a bit, I, I, I guess, sorry, I'm, I'm rarely stuck for words. I'm trying to mm. articulate this correctly. I guess I'm a bit. I don't really like to talk about it much on here because mm. my fear is that neither you or I are a psychiatrist and we're certainly not pharmacologists. And mm. 
I have experienced people who I know in my life who really needed medication and wouldn't mm. take it. And I am, yeah. um, I'm probably alive because of the medication I took. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do yeah. I need it now? No. Can I just stop today? No. no. That's the, the downside. But it most likely, not just the medication, but it most likely saved my life. Yeah. So I just, you know, I, sometimes I f I'm, I'm concerned about ethics, I guess, when talking about medication. Does that make mm. sense? Because yeah, I feel like there is a bit of a negative stigma towards taking no, medication course. already. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I've seen I think people, people are a bit like, oh, you don't need that now. That's fucking yeah. madness. And, you yeah. know, I just. No, yeah, sometimes do you, you do. Do you find that? There's yeah. In, with, yeah do you, but do you find that there's a bit of a stigma? Maybe. Oh, with, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Absolutely. That you have, that yeah. They're like, yeah, absolutely. I've had I've had people who have been literally diagnosed with you know borderline ADHD uh, bipolar yeah. and they refuse to take it oh, I refuse to take medication <laughs> big pharma that's they're just trying to yeah. push you know and, and that's it. really important that you say that because those are psychiatric illnesses and yeah, yeah. like whatever about me with like depression and anxiety like they 100% need to take medication yeah 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 uh, yeah um, and it is and you know look it's, it's obviously it's a case by case but are you are you on are you in a weaning process now is that where you're at? Is no, that the difficulty I, or changing or? No, I just forgot to take my medication. Um, mm. And for some reason, I was always tended to be quite sensitive to it. Anyway, like initially when I was first on it, I could miss it. I could be like day three or four before I'd start experiencing. Yeah. And that would remind me, I'd be like, oh my God, when did I last take that? What day is today? And then I'd be like, oh my God, it's Friday. And I'd realise I hadn't taken it all week. Now, I didn't take my medication this morning. I usually take it about 6am when I wake up. Mm. And at lunchtime, I stood up and started feeling really not. And I stood up, no, I didn't stand up too quickly, but it's mm. like, that's how it first starts for me. And then I start becoming light sensitive and then I start developing real nausea. And I thought, Jesus. And I, I said, you know, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll make it. I'll wait till I get home. And then I just got kept getting worse really quickly. So I went down to the f local pharmacist where I work and he's very good. And I said, look, I forgot my medication. I need some emergency medication. And he gave me one and I took it. And normally I can write it out and that works, but it has not worked today. So I'm still currently at this present time mm -hmm. experiencing nausea, brain fog. Like I feel... To describe it, it's like being a bit drunk, but with your mind. Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my vision is all a bit weird. Like, I can see. Um, and I'm, the nausea is a bit better because since I got sick, but... <laughs> can I just say for people, so for people that listen, there is, a, there is a minute delay with Michelle. It's not the medication. That is... That's a technical issue. <laughs> so when you're hearing a slight delay, she's not going, the fuck am I saying? It is It is a technical issue. <laughs> she's, she's not that oh, much off her nut. <laughs> this is going to be a really exciting episode for me to listen back to. I'll be like, oh my God. It's Michelle. technical. I, I, I promise people it's you, technical. Yeah. Why didn't you call that one off? But no, apart from that, right? And that, I'll be absolutely fine by mm. tomorrow. Um, cool. I had a great week. Yeah, really enjoying cool. work. Like just having one of those weeks where really lucky buzzing going to work in the mornings and having meaningful days I guess so yeah oh. it's been good how's your yeah. week been well, yeah, what, what are you doing for work now are you okay to talk to that are you still in the veterinary field yeah I, I work um for a veterinary practice in town and I do I'm like a practice coordinator basically probably like I don't like the word manager um mm. but yeah practice coordinator and I do everything it's a small team so sometimes mm. I hold a dog and help in a, my old <laughs> nursing role yeah. and I answer the phone and um greet all the clients and then I do a lot of the marketing um side of it so all the a lot of social and digital marketing and then um from a business point of view then obviously you know focus on the growth and where the, the business is going from that side but it's a really really fantastic team and the lady I work for Maraid is just 
very inspirational person. Brilliant. She's, oh. Yeah, she's really, really great. I really enjoy working for her and the team are fabulous. So, yeah. Nice thing to be able to good. say. Not, not something everyone yeah. can say. So it's good. That's nice. No. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that, buddy. Yeah. Before we get into what else is going on, we had some correspondence. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So we had, I'm not going to name this individual, just uh, just in case, I will. I haven't had an opportunity to, to, to reply to them, but I think this is probably something that many people will relate to. Uh, the person will know, obviously, when they, hear the, when they hear this message back. Hi, I'm really enjoying your podcasts. I'm going through hell at the moment with a combination of paranoia, anxiety, low self-esteem. I've recently began counselling, just two sessions so far. I don't find it any benefit so far. I'm not sure if I have a connection with the therapist or if I need to give it more time. I'm wondering would medication be more beneficial? Every day is so hard, especially at work where I live in fear of what people think of me or that people are talking about me. I'm riddled with anxiety when I get home, replaying every move of the day. Just thought you would be able to steer me in the right direction. I like your quote at the end of the low self-esteem week. You don't have to love yourself, you just try to tolerate yourself. I'm trying but feel pretty shit a lot of the time. Should have added I'm a 43-year-old married mum of three of the most wonderful boys. Probably a bit pathetic that I feel this way, but I am desperate to try and feel a bit better. What's it like for you there, Damage? Um, I feel like that poor lady um, needs help. Yeah. And I'm not the person. Yeah. Nor am I, because I don't know the individual circumstances. Yeah. I think she should go and speak to her, you know, make an appointment. Yeah. I suppose what what I can, what I am a professional in and what I can speak of is on the counselling side of things. But as she, she got asked a question around medication and, you know, Michelle touched on it there. And just allow me to add, uh, to add the caveat. We are not here to give you mental health advice. You, we are not responsible for your mental health, nor are we responsible for your physical health. That is a responsibility you need to take on yourself. We are here to provide the information. We are here to provide people's stories. Take from that what you what you may, but you need to take responsibility for your own mental health. Um, so whether that is reaching out to a professional, reaching out to a GP, reaching out to someone who may who may know more. So we yeah. we can't address we can't address individual cases so but i can address that around Go ahead, what i would just say is um it failing you know if you if you find yourself unable to find, make a gp appointment or whatever aware pieta house and the samaritans are absolutely fantastic resources that you can pick up the phone and speak to somebody now mm. right now mm. and, and and um if you need to that's there ring those numbers we can i don't know we can put them in the show notes or whatever but those are you can get them everyone can get them yeah. it's google it's, just google it's, them. It's, it's a two second google yeah yeah that's it and they might then advise be able to help you if you need imminent help but yeah other than that, absolutely in terms of the you know we hear the low self-esteem and we hear the, the, the paranoia and the anxiety um and i think you know particularly evident in in that message is uh you know that it's probably a bit pathetic that i feel this way it's not pathetic at all that you feel that way it's it's entirely human that you feel that way mm-hmm regardless of age regardless of background regardless of life situations we all have breaking points we're all only human we're all affected shit gets to every one of us so don't don't feel that age uh, is something to judge yourself on don't feel that marital status or lack you know whatever it may be none of that is is any any area to judge yourself on you know congratulations on being human Congratulations on being a human with emotions, whether that's, a, you know, anxiety or fear or depression and sadness. 
What I will say around the counselling, so just two sessions so far, uh, I don't feel any benefit so far. Uh, I'm not sure if I have a connection with the therapist or if I need to give it more time. There are two pretty big things to touch on. One is you have to feel there's a connection with the therapist. 90% of therapy is that therapeutic relationship. Uh, Yes, it can take some time to build. However, sometimes it's just not a fit. Um, Two sessions, it's early on. You're probably not going to feel too much. What you're going to really do in that side, inside those two sessions, is you're going to get some background information. You're doing an intake. You're getting a little bit of the story. Usually, in the experience that I said to people, uh, in new clients, I, I always uh, I go through my spiel at the start. I go through all the formalities, um, and I will say to them that there can be what's called a flight to health. So there's some resistance that comes up within those early sessions of therapy, um, and that's you know the first two sessions surface. You're scratching the surface, you know, and that's that's when people are grand. Oh, I'm okay to tell you uh, where I'm from. I'm okay, I'm okay to tell you what brings me here. I might not be okay to tell you why I am the way I am. And so you can have that resistance and the unconscious goes, fuck that shit, I'm aware. And that manifests then in sort of two ways. Uh, I've literally said this fucking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. So so one is what's called a flight to health. And the way I describe this to clients is, so what that looks like is you come in here after two sessions going, grander now, Alan, I'm sorted, you're the right lad. And what I say is, I'm not that much of a right lad. I'm good, but I'm not that good. You're not going to do a whole lot in two sessions, depending on the presenting issues. In a situation like that around the depression, anxiety, self-esteem, you're at nothing with, with two sessions. That's you know, that there's a lot of work in there. And the other the other form of resistance then is your typical resistance, this load of shite, no waste of money, waste of time. I'm not getting anything out of this. So what I'd say to what I'd say to that individual is maybe give it a couple more sessions. I'd say at least probably give it two more sessions. That'll give you a sense of, okay, I'm not just clicking with this individual. If that is the case, just find someone else. Don't write off therapy. Don't write off counselling because that person didn't click. Find someone that you do click with and you'll know that. Uh, and it's, I think for me, it's it's one of my strengths that I can develop a rapport uh, from early on. And that's that's where you can build everything else from. So give it a couple of more sessions. Feel, see if that, uh, see if, it does feel like a click if it doesn't find someone else so i hope that answers uh, the correspondence as it says i'm not i'm not going to name names it's, it's there's a lot of personal details in there and i will reach out to that individual directly by message we got it just before we come on to record so i just wanted to address it because i know other people may be in a similar experience similar situation and just i suppose that there's some general advice that can be offered around that so that's the correspondence so You've been doing all right. You've got a job you're enjoying at the minute. A bit foggy at the minute, but uh, outside of that, doing all right. Doing pretty good, yeah? Yeah, not a bother. Getting into the groove of things. We had Malachi on last week. Yeah, it's good. Enjoyed Mm. Malachi's chat. Um, Mm. Yeah, I I found it really interesting. I thought he had a very interesting life. Yeah, Um, I'd say he'd have some stories. Remember, Everybody does. Yeah, always one of the things. Lockdown is not even in his top 10 of weird experiences (laughs) in life. And I was, as I was listening back, I was like, hang on, he went into 88. 88, he went into for treatment and stuff like that. Like, and he was in north of England. So he's probably involved in the whole Manchester fucking northern music scene, rave scene, drug scene. I can imagine the stories that Malachi has (laughs) from that time of the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, for anyone. Any smiles and riles for you? I do, yeah. I have a few, 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 uh, few things going on. Um, 
the oh, for, first of all, what I need to do um, is I need to give a shout out to Ashling's cousin Owen, who started listening to the podcast. Ashling put him onto the podcast. Ashling put him onto the podcast, telling him, "Oh, listen to this episode where I I don't know if you heard it, Michelle, where uh, I had to tell the story of how I was waking up in the middle of the night, terrified of shitting the bed." after she put the fucking fear of God into me just before I went to sleep. <laughs> Did you hear that story? No. No. It was, uh, it was my not birthday sure weekend. I'm not sure I want to either. No, I didn't. I can assure you, I did not have an accident in the bed for anyone else that didn't catch it. <laughs> so Ashley's first weekend down here, I was like, it was my birthday weekend. It was my birthday weekend. I said, I'll make homemade pizza. You know, I did everything, made the dough, the whole lot, and I was fucking working on this. I got, you know, mozzarella and stuff like that. And mozzarella really seems to affect my stomach. And I forget that because I don't eat it an awful lot. So I'm in bed. And I was like, oh, Jesus, fucking my stomach was killing me. I was in bits. He's like, yeah, all right. I think it's just that, that mozzarella. Like, it just, you know, it's really not sitting with me. And she was like, oh, well, you know, as long as you don't poop the bed on top of me, I think we'll be all right. I was like, ah. And she turns over and goes to sleep. <laughs> that, infil- like- that infiltrates into my unconscious. I'm waking up in the middle of the night when I can sleep, fucking panicked, going, oh my God, did I have an accident? And I'm having to fucking check myself. <laughs> so she thought this was hilarious. I'd be going, ha, 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 you think that's hilarious, but there's actually a real chance that I might shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? And you know, you know how she's the one? She's like, it would have been all right. I'll, 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 you know, under those circumstances, that's all right. I was like, wow, how, how do you, you can't break up with someone that says that to you. Like, <laughs> Not sure I'd be as sound as that. No, but, she's, um... pretty, she's pretty sound. But she uh, she put her cousin Owen onto the podcast. Owen, I know from, I was going on, Owen, and he goes, all right, Ali. He calls me Ali. And um, she goes, oh, he was laughing. He was in fucking bits here. And I was like, wait, what the, why, what? And I was like, oh my God, what have I been saying? She's like, oh, I told him about that episode. And I was like, oh, you dickhead. It's like, so that's, that's the first thing he listens to the podcast. But she said, now he's a big fan and he's telling everyone about the podcast. So I have to give a shout Great. out to Owen. Thanks. Welcome aboard, Owen. I'll see you. See you at the weekend. I'll give you, I'll give, I'll give you a wave. Um, Ashling, of course, threw me under the bus in a different sense. Uh, and now her family know that I lived in fear of shit in the bed for my birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Bad enough I was having to get up at three o'clock in the morning to take painkillers. But uh, now you all know that about me. So <laughs> you're welcome, world. <laughs> so I have to I have to get that out of the way. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what was going on with me. I had a bad old day last week. We recorded last Thursday, and uh, I was really affected. I had a really really bad evening. Um, we joked about um, Thursday. Thursday night after when we were finished recording after our yeah yeah Jesus here we go it's my fault no it's not your fault at all not at all <laughs> none, none of it's your fault uh, but right. it was kind of triggered by uh, we had the joke of going Alan Curses you know Alan's a growing up blah 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 and that was grand so we were having a, having a bit of crack around that and I'd had a couple of discussions as well that day with people and for anyone that's just checking in I'm recently diagnosed with Asperger's uh autism spectrum disorder it's not called Asperger's anymore but for the majority of people they understand I function Asperger's so at times uh, I can be quite blunt it's 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 never intentional uh, at times I just you listen to this podcast I can say things that are inappropriate uh, it's never malicious um, it's just my brain just goes so fast that sometimes I, I kind of can't catch up with myself um, and a couple of other things were were mentioned to me uh, but it really got to me. It really got to me that um, how I am is a problem and can be a problem for people. 
And what do you mean the swearing? Uh, not the no, but like I said, that was just a, that was just a small part of it, uh, you know. Dan, but it was that you know I could be quite blunt. I said something. There was something else that happened that day, and it just kind of started this bit of a, a downward spiral for me as I. You know, as I'm still trying to come to terms with where I am, where I begin, where the autism begins. Um, and it just it really got into me for, for uh, a couple of hours. Um, and whenever anything like that happens, obviously I have that debate in my head of going, well, I share it. And I was like, the whole point of this is we try to discuss it openly, um, to model that for people of going, you can have these discussions. You know, and Absolutely. and I'm not I'm not trying to hide the fact that you know I had a shitty I had a shitty night, a couple of things that had really gotten in on top of me, um, and that's normal. You know, it's okay it's okay to to have days like that. And um, Ashling in in her greatness as as my partner, you know, she she helped me through that and things like that. But just those things can get in on can get in on anyone. Um, and it's not here to go oh, yeah, yeah everything's great I had a great week there same as yourself you know I'm fucking having a brain fog I forgot my medication <laughs> you know I'm just not not no, not 100% today but you know I'm, I'm keeping it going I'm keeping it moving um, so and I think do you know what like I think as well it's difficult when you are in a space like this you know um, I understand this because I understand what you said there because you know I was slagging with you, right? I'm just going to use this as an example about mm. swearing or whatever. And you were like, oh, no, but we want that it to be like a conversation with lads in the pub or whatever. Mm. And that's fine. And I had, you know, said to you that maybe one or two of my friends who are women. Mm. right? So it's when you think about like when you think about know your audience, like mm. you probably don't chat to a bunch of women in the same way as you would to your mates. I do. <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> with me. And clients will tell you, I, 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 this is how I talk and this is. I am as true here now, and but, obviously, you know, depending on the depending on the context, and you know, if but I'm that presenting. was a, was was intended to. Oh, hundred percent, of course it was. I of course know, it was. I know exactly what you mean because when you put yourself into a position like this, when you come on podcasts and you talk about yourself, and you whether you talk about yourself or not, you're just being yourself, mm. um, and it it is anxiety inducing. Like it it gives you the fear, and it makes you question yourself, and. It happens to me all the time as well. You're like, after week one, how many things did I message you about and be like, that's going to have to come out. Mm. Uh, I've offended that person. I've offended that person. Mm. Why am I like this? I literally sent a message to my friend saying, I said this, I did that, whatever. Why am I like this? Mm. I could actually show you the text. (laughs) But I think it's because we're so, you're putting yourself out there and we don't know all the people who are listening. To this, and they don't know us, and it, yeah. I think it, it makes you very vulnerable, doesn't it? I don't, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind the podcast, and like I said, on any other day, that wouldn't have that wouldn't have took a funk on me. It just tied in with a couple of other things that that had happened that day, um, and on any other day, it'd bounce off me, not a problem. And I, I've, you know, I've come on this, I've come on the podcast every week, you know, 50, 53 episodes now. I'm the same I was on week one. I'll be the same 53. I'll be the same on 106. You know, this this is who I am. And, you know, there's never any malice. The only time I, I go at people is, you know, don't fucking hit your kids. Please stop hitting your kids. I'm very protective of children. Um, yeah. But outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm well-intentioned. And um, there's there's no, no offensive tension. Yeah, you know, it's like this is it. You know, everyone knows we're ha- we're having the crack. Like, don't don't fucking take everything we say as 
No, don't take anything too seriously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and what what do you hear? Like you, you know, people enjoy to enjoy this bit, to enjoy the crack at the start, and sometimes you, you know you get a bit of information on a particular topic, or you get to hear someone's wonderful story. Take it for what it is, like you know. Um, so that that was that was on the that was that just that day that you know the rare days for me, but it it just really triggered for me that I am still trying to come to terms with uh, being autistic. Um, yeah and what that entails and who I am and as I said where I begin and where Asperger's ends and etc etc so there's still a lot of work there for me I'm you know I'm reading books and I'm fucking highlighting going holy shit yep that's oh that that's tick, the autism tick, yeah tick, yeah tick. right okay yeah. that, that that's not me at all um so it's very hard to separate who I am and and and, and the, the autism but, it, but like please excuse my ignorant ignorance mm. around Asperger's because I, mm. I really don't know very much about it. Me either. <laughs> it, is it like I I would take offence to that? You know, at you saying about yourself, oh, oh that's okay, so that's not me. Like, what's wrong with it? What's like? Is it not something to be embraced? Certain aspects of it. Yeah, I remember I had a client there a few weeks ago, and she listens to the podcast and goes, "Oh yeah, and you've Asperger's. Oh, you're look, you've got the you've got the intelligent one. <laughs> you know, there's that. Yeah, you've got the good one. Like you know, there's, you yeah. know, usually high intellect and stuff like that. But you know, with any autism, there is social skills, um, sensory issues, all of that kind of stuff. And you know, Ashley is absolutely fantastic, and she makes allowance for that. You know, if I say things or she's like, oh, look, I knew, you know, it's all right. I know you didn't mean it. Um, so yeah. I was like, oh, and then I apologize. Um, and she said, you don't need to look. I know you didn't mean what you said. Uh, so things like that. Um, so it's things I'm just trying to figure it out. And I haven't yeah. told, you know, I haven't really told people close to me in person because they'll, they'll say, oh, what's that? And I don't know how to explain it to them. And you know, I I take that that yeah. that thing around yeah, Einstein. Like, you know, if if you can't explain it to a four year old, you don't understand it well enough. Yeah. I can't explain it to a four year old. I can't fucking explain it to myself. Yeah. So I've no hope of explaining it to anyone else. Um. So when when I come to terms better with it, we will and we will cover it as a topic of adult autism. Uh. I will reach out to some people to come on and speak to that who have more experience yeah. of it than than I do. Um. And and I'll I'll learn a lot, <laughs> a lot more because everything I learned as part of my studies, you know, that all goes out the window because the common misconception around autism is no empathy. You know, you don't get humor, you don't get turned to phrases, you don't get sarcasm. And I'm like, none of those things apply to me. Yeah. So you know, we we need someone to come on and um, address some of the the misconceptions yeah, around that. that. Really yeah. So that that was personally me smiles and riles. Um, as we talk about a mental health podcast, uh, a couple of clients this week, whatever, whatever was in the air, I had a couple of clients, adults with with autism, but I also had a couple of clients speak to the uh, the benefits of therapy and how open they are about it. And, you know, saying, you know, I, oh, no, I'd say to people there now, I, you know, I, I go for counselling and I see a lad there now and, you know, it just, it does, it's great for me and stuff like that. And any, anyone that does that, and in, in my in my clinical experience, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours, yeah. that seems to be always a good experience for people. When you open it up, it, it, really it, it, it opens it up for people because people have the misconception that you have to be fucking mad. You know, or it's psychiatric or, you know, you're yeah. hearing voices in your head and stuff like that. And they go, well, sure, you're not mad. And it's like, yeah, I know. But, you know, sometimes things get on top of me or stuff like that. And But it also normalises then and going, oh, Jesus, oh, I was actually thinking about going to one there. 
oh, you should oh, I fucking, I've had great benefit from it client saying like, you know this is he says this has improved my life tenfold you know when you hear that you're like fucking that's 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 great like and it's, you know when we can normalise that experience and normalise yeah I go to counselling or yeah you know I go for I go for therapy um, and I and, and I, I met the I met the statement with the client that I think therapists perpetuate that stigma a little bit as well really uh, yeah because you know and I do it and every therapist do it you know well most therapists would address the fact look if we bump into each other in public you know I'm not going to say hello to you if you say hello to me I'll say hello back like and you know you're protecting that client's privacy yeah, yeah. But absolutely, and, and we have to do that. Like, but we also yeah. feed into it a little bit because, well, if you've seen your doctor going down the road, you wouldn't ignore them. Oh, you know, how's it going? Or if you've seen your solicitor walking down the road, you go, well, Tony, well, Jer, well, whatever, well, Marion, yeah. how are we how are we getting on there? You know, but we we we, we I think we collude in this secrecy around it. And we can't do anything because obviously we have to protect clients' privacy. And but I think it's yeah. a it's a long way off that this this openness around it needs to be just out there in the public forum. That oh, Jesus, I fucking oh, I was down with therapist there the other day. Oh, is everything all right? Oh no, a few things get on top of me. The same way as I have to go down to the doctor. Oh, what was wrong? Oh, just a fucking terrible pain in my back there, and he's he's have to refer me on or you know the way we do that, like you know. I think we need to just start, when it comes to therapy, we just to start from the top down, right? When we're talking about it and just be like, and I've maybe said this before, why do you go to your therapist? To make sure that I'm living my best life. Mm-hmm. Because I only have one. Brilliant. And I've spent a lot of my life traumatized mm-hmm. and fucked up. So like, now that I know and I mean, obviously, I've known this for years, you know, and I and the therapy is there and I can avail of that. Yeah. Um, that's why. And I'll go for the rest of my life. And if I mm. never like I think if you start there, why do you go to therapy to make sure you're living your best life? Mm. Right. There might be things that need to be dealt with underneath from the mm. bottom mm. up. But that's the aim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing. I got trying, one life. So yeah. Like, I, I tried to stifle a laugh today. I was having a conversation with James around what his mom does for work. And, what, and I said, you know what I do for work? I was like, no. I said, and I was like, uh, I said, you know, well, uh, I, I, I tried to make people that are sad. I tried to make them happy. I said, I'm a, I'm a psychotherapist. Can you say that? And he tried to say it, and I tried to sound it out. I was like, you know, so, you know, sometimes you know people don't feel good, or sometimes people are afraid, and I try to make them not afraid. And sometimes people are sad, and I, and I try to make them happy. <laughs> and he turned around and goes, "Is that actually a real job?" <laughs> 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 yes it is how do you think I buy all of your things <laughs> I was like you know do, I said do you do you, you know oh, are you happy he goes yeah I think so I said well you know sometimes you know sometimes you feel a little bit sad he's like yeah I was like well sometimes people people feel sad uh, for a long time and, and and I try to and I try to help them with that but so even even a, even a five-year-old my own five-year-old is <laughs> dismissive of my job <laughs> not at all <laughs> So that that was a little smile for me today. Muters, um, uh, me smiles. Then uh, I don't really have any royals. That 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 kind of day was a bad day for me. That was that was me royal. I started listening to for people that don't know me and you are big Formula One heads. I started listening to the Formula One podcast. Have you heard it? Beyond the Grid. No, but I have listened to On the Marbles. Oh, what's that one? I don't know them. Which is another podcast. That is the Channel Four presenters. So um, David Coulthard and oh, DC. Uh, the Welsh guy mm. and. Um, 
what you call Jesus, what's his name? That young was the F three driver that lost both his legs. The English. Oh, driver. Billy. What's his name? Uh, Billy. Yeah, Billy. Um, Monger. Billy, Billy Monger. Monger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was on last week, but like, yeah. So I do I have listened to that a few times, but no. Yeah, I've listened. I listened to the. the I started listening to the official Formula One podcast called Beyond Grid, and I start from the very beginning. And the first one is with uh, Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton. I really struggle with Hamilton. <laughs> I go from there's a part of me that admires him, and there's a part of me that just thinks he's a sack and disingenuous. <laughs> um, for anyone that doesn't follow Formula One, whenever he's you know, whenever he's being interviewed after being on the podium or winning the race, which is basically every fucking weekend, <laughs> Mercedes have dominated over the last uh, seven years. Every 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 circuit they go to, they're the greatest fans in the world. <laughs> Brazil, Brazil, they are the Brazilian fans are the greatest in the world. You said that to the fucking Italians last week. You said it to the Brits the week before. <laughs> you know, uh, but he he told a very interesting story, and it was around as he was trying to as he was go karting and stuff when he was in school, and uh, his school principal made no allowance. For for that this was this was that he was, what he was trying to do and he would go off there be races at the weekend so he'd never be in on a Friday and he'd come in on a Monday and the principal gave him detention for the full day which entailed sitting outside his office and that's it just sat in the hallway for the six or seven hours so obviously he was catch trying to catch up on schoolwork and stuff and then as well like um but it's just the principal showed no um consideration of the fact that oh actually this this kid is actually very good at this like and you know but he said then when he when he signed for McLaren as a, as a young driver as a kid like um they got him a tutor for before and after school that that helped with him like so you know you can kind of see where and then he was saying that there was you know adults when he was racing come like adults coming up to a child and go you're not good like you need to, you know you need to give this up like this isn't <laughs> this I mean, isn't I for you like he experienced a lot of racism you know. He did, but I seen. I remember seeing something before, and some journalist came out and said, "Yes, he experienced that, but he also experiences the benefit of being black, because many people wanted to jump on the fact that here was this champion in the different formulas that is no, no. black." Yeah, but yeah, but he yeah now now, do you know what I mean? No, but this was this was through the through the early formulas as well. Like yeah, but like he spoke about the race. I heard him speaking about the racism. He. Uh, in, in George and it wasn't it was that was what he was talking about when he, when he mentioned like grown men coming up oh yeah him. yeah it wasn't because it was r- straight off racism like he's the only black man in Formula 1 end mm. story no well, when he was talking about this on, in this interview anyway and one thing he, I have to say is I don't particularly I don't particularly love him myself but I mm. do admire what he's trying to do now oh, yeah, how he's yeah. trying to change totally yeah. um, but he was saying this was when he was a kid you know this is when he was a young kid and adults were coming up and going look you're no good like you need there were parents of competitors and obviously they were just mm-hmm. trying to psychologically fucking intimidate a child like um, but Mental. you know that that would make it fairly bitter like <laughs> and, and uh, it can be a powerful motivator as well to go well, I'll fucking prove them wrong and your man said oh who was the principal he goes yeah. hey, I don't even want to name him like he was an asshole and he's probably milking this going oh I taught Lewis Hamilton when he was in school and you know you know, I helped him along and when it was anything but yeah yeah so yeah. but the podcasts are interesting I started listening to the one then about Robert Kapitza who beat uh, beat Hamilton in early formula so it's really good really good interviews and it's it's nice to hear the drivers not filled what's it with called again beyond the grid it's nice to hear the drivers not come out with the, the company line and you know the 
the sponsor friendly results that. like you know it's it, they're talking honestly and it's and it's so it's really good so that's me smile that's one of the bad things of formula one nowadays oh it's so yeah it's just so much money in it like back in the day and they just say what they wanted yeah yeah the drivers yeah. you know impressed they were like no he did that and he shouldn't like yeah, yeah. Oh, everything is so cautious and so scripted yeah. and oh it's just desperate too much money involved what's your smiles and oils dude yeah smiles and oils um, smiles just genuinely had a good week don't think good. there's any one particular thing that I would mm. buzz out um, Riles I guess not being well today now is probably top that list but mm. I'm feeling better as the evening goes on um, I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe when you came on because when I got that voice that voice note off and it was like I don't even have the energy to text like you know I was like oh my god she is fucking dying she is She's not going to be and able for this. Like, like this. Yeah, I was like, she's not going to be able for this. And I said, he's like, look, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the lead. I'll take it. And you're like, no, no, I'll be grand. I'll be grand. And I was like, that's fucking, that, that's optimistic, dude. But then when you come on, you know, at three quarters of an hour, an hour later, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And actually I am feeling better now as Stephen goes on. So that's good. Hopefully I'm over the worst of it. Excellent. <laughs> take your tablet tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, I wouldn't mind, but I've got like 17 things. Like Alexa tells me about 15 times before I leave the house. Reminder, <laughs> take your medication. And I'm always like, I know, You're Alexa. the fucking boss of me. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and I still didn't take it. <laughs> now, today we are talking alcohol, alcohol dependence. And of course, you can't talk about alcohol without being Irish and the link between the two of those. And joining us today, we have Mr. David Dunn. David, how are you? How are you doing, guys? How are you? Good. Dave, you originally contacted us. Um, he sent a message. He had been listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. asking about our obsession as a culture with with alcohol, and uh, mentioned you had a, a serious dependency issue in your early twenties. Thankfully, after a ten-year absence, abstinence, you have new respect for alcohol. Couldn't care if you drank anymore on a night out or not. A strange thing Correct. for uh, an Irish person to be saying. Do you get a lot of uh, questions around that? Do you get? Uh, yeah, like yeah. It, it, it's it's the reason kind of it's it's intrigued me, and I've started to look into it a little bit more. Uh, you know, the Irish psyche and and its whole fascination around alcohol and how we celebrate even like births of newborn children and communions and confirmations and a new day based around pubs. <laughs> yeah, Stuff, everything is celebrated. You no know, people. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you know, children have shouldn't have no understanding or want for alcohol. But yeah, we feel the need for these big celebrations to be held in bars and pubs. Mm. Uh, to me, it's, it's, you know, obviously going through your 20s and it's it's complete carnage in the height of the Celtic Tiger. Mm. Uh, you know, you're kind of blind to that. But yeah. now you kind of sit back and you go, wow, especially when you have your own kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before before we get into that in, in any sort of depth, uh, Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself in the in the here and now, and we'll and we'll reverse engineer, then we'll work backwards from there. How's that? Yeah, well, look, I'm in my late thirties, forty this year. Uh, you know, just recently. That's fairly late thirties, uh, then, Dave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, t- I'm you're, talking. You're I'm, dra- I'm, there, I'm I literally, I will be in my thirties till the fifty ninth minute of you know, until the, the clock strikes midnight. Uh, and I, I went through the same thing from transitioning from twenties to thirties. So yeah, I, I've, I've literally just, I'm, I'm, I'm going into my final year in college. Something I never envisaged that I would ever do. Mm. Uh, you know, there was, there's, 
it just wasn't suitable for me in my in my late teens. I was not college bound whatsoever. Mm. I got a taste for money, uh, working in pubs in my teenage years. So uh, I wanted to get uh, ahead of everybody else. But look, it, it just caused nothing but nothing but problems. Mm. Uh, what what prompted? So the, yeah, I'm a, I'm a financial advisor now, uh, specialising in mortgages. Uh, oh, very busy at the moment. Yeah. Class, congratulations. Yes. Absolutely. What, what prompted the going back Nuts. to college in the first place, Dave? Well, how, how did you I, I was self-employed for for six years. Believe it or not, this is going to sound absolutely mental to you. Uh, I, I owned a, a chain of health. American. Yeah, I owned a, a chain of American sweet shops. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And I kind of sat back and thought, you know, if you know, if there's there's a lifespan on something like this before the novelty ends. Mm. What is going to happen? Am I facing? I suppose like it was a mini midlife crisis. If I mm. if I go into the workforce now, what's the expectations of a wage with no, no, not not saying no tangible skills, but no, you know, nothing backed up with pieces of paper? Are you going to expect eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen euro an hour? Mm. Uh, one year old baby at home at the time. I'm not buying a house in North Wicklow, straight up. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a kind of a, a chance meeting that someone offered me a position that came with a a college degree, uh, which I, I just took with both hands, took a gamble, and mm. thankfully it's really starting to pay off now. Good. Wow, that's class. Yeah, yeah. So, so was it? That's where I am today. Working working in the pubs as a, as a young lad. That's that was your intro to it, or. Yeah, like there's, there's, wouldn't, wouldn't, like, uh, there's, there's no, n- nothing atypical of anybody else, you know, mm. it was just, uh, you know, growing up in, in the 80s, you know, father wasn't a roaring alcoholic, I came from a, a loving home, mm. uh, not, not saying I wouldn't want for anything, you know, I'm mm. talking typical 80s, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, th- that, that, that's it, like, there, so there was no, you know, I wasn't exposed to it at an early age, I, mm. I didn't have parents that were alcoholics or I didn't have any sort of a destructive lifestyle or you know around me growing up it was just normal Irish family two two boys and a and a girl and mother and father Mm. typical working background family you you mentioned there and it's normally something I jump on in in uh, in sessions with clients they have whenever clients say they got what they wanted normally what I jump on with that is what did you feel you got what you needed no my, my, my parents divorced uh, separated when I was in sixth class, mm. and I suppose that kind of when I when I when I take a sip back and I look back on it, and I have done mm. I have done counselling myself. I see that the damage that that done that that did during the time and residual damage would still be kind of there. Mm. Uh, I was not from an abusive household by all means whatsoever, mm. but my obviously my parents separated for whatever reason being the eldest child i was aware of i was aware of my my mm. father's believe it or not i was i was used as a as a as a as a pawn in in, in my dad's uh, love life if you want to put it that way in, uh, in what sense Dave? Okay. so my dad my dad is now married to the reason that my parents divorced okay and she she would have had okay. a child of about two or three years younger than me. Mm. So we were we were brought away on play dates, uh, and and shit like that. Sorry, of course my. Apologies. Oh no, Jesus, no curse. Wait, wait, wait to hear me when I get going. Yeah, I heard your podcast. So I was just testing the water there. Cursing yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, so I was. <laughs> yeah, so I was. I was used. 
So, you know, I wouldn't know, I was aware that my dad was cheating. Believe it or not, and this is going to sound even really fucking bizarre. You know, do you remember a TV program called LA? Uh, what was it? Was it? Oh, name's gone over. Bruce Willis was in it. It was a, it was a ladies' tea. <laughs> Moonlighting, yeah. yeah. So I was, we, and, and yeah, and and that sort of infidelity that went on in those programs. So I actually knew at the age of nine or ten that my dad was cheating, and I would have stayed up very late at night watching, waiting for him to come home from work. You know, and then I would have been involved with being brought off to weekends to Wexford, where this woman, my dad's current wife, mm. uh, would have had a holiday home. So mm. I would have been trust into this to 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 somebody I didn't want to have any sort of friendship relationship with yeah and how was that explained then Dave was it that this this woman was a friend and you know with a a child similar age and correct 110% yeah literally using that used as pawns yeah you know and and the unfortunate part about it is is when I think about it I knew that back then Mm -hmm. so it's not something it's not a it's not a confirmation now or an affirmation now it's I knew that that was happening Mm. So that 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 does kind of still kind of sit with me and very uneasy, you know. And mm. I, I don't wouldn't have the I don't have a bad relationship with my dad. He lives in Spain, mm. you know. So uh, I suppose for me, it's kind of would Jesus going to end up turning this into a counselling session on you? No, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Can I just ask, did that yeah. affect you a bit more since you had your own kids? Like, were you to a point in your life you were like, that was really shit what my dad yeah. did, kind of using us as a point that I was aware of, yeah. and I don't feel like it really bugged me. And then you had your own kids, and you were like, okay, what the fuck? Actually, now I think that that was really, really, really shit. Yeah, like so. For example, it wouldn't not, not the breakup in the sense. I suppose like my dad would still talk to me as if I was twelve years of age. If you okay. understand what I mean, I, I, yeah. I, when when he speaks to me, he doesn't speak to me as I feel like that I'm, you know, I'm I'm nearly forty with a seven year old, and my dad would have would have uh, used very strong language growing up. So you know, I'm not going to say abusive because it wasn't, but he liked to flaunt the word stupid and tick and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And when I see when I see and I realise that it's look if if you call someone a dog long enough, they'll start barking. Mm. So I firmly believed I was an idiot growing up. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it was actually, it wasn't until my parents actually separated that I blossomed. No, I went mental. I'm talking bleached the hair, ears were pierced. <laughs> uh, it was like the, it was like the, it was like the, it was like, the, it was like the, kind of like a mini version of us turning our back on the Catholic Church. I went full yeah. blown. I was, I was, I was destined to be a member of Westlife, you know, or take that. <laughs> <laughs> Westlife's a bit of a compliment. I'm a bit older, but yeah, I was, I was bleaching the hair and I was, I was getting ears pierced. I, I got my first tattoo at 16. This sort of thing, you know, I completely came out of myself. Because, uh, you know, if I had got an earring, I would have been called, you know, yourself. I don't want to use any kind of yeah, derogatory yeah, language, yeah. but we're talking about language yeah. of the 90s. Yeah. Uh, this sort of stuff, you know. Dave, you mentioned there that, you know, kind of at age nine or ten, your dad was yeah. kind of using you as the pawn. But yeah. you were sixth class when they split. So that's like, what, kind of 12? You kind of 12? Yeah. On for a couple of years, was it? Correct, yeah. And look, I, I have absolutely brutal memory so look, you've actually pieced that together so yeah that would be the case so it would have been so I re- it was in sixth class and I, I remember it because my mum let me stay off school for two weeks mm-hmm. you know while what that all went around now and she didn't expose us to any of it you know she didn't expose us to any of the the venomous or the the, the really really angry arguments you know uh, well, 
gone. So yeah, um, like, yeah, my 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 mum is my mum's the is the ultimate mother. Like she still she'd slaughter me, mm. uh, <laughs> you know. But she's she's always she's the uh, she would she would stay she would be the opposite to what I had growing up. So she would full of encouragement. Mm-hmm. full of encouragement get into college get into go look at new careers get constantly 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 and, and, and believe it or not that kind of had a really weird thing because i was going oh no i'm really i really like my fucking job i don't want to leave <laughs> you know yeah. Uh, so yeah so yeah she's the opposite now so yeah Dave, so just go back to something there you mentioned around yeah. uh you know if you're told a dog you start to bark kind of thing mm-hmm. around that uh, you know you take your stupid and i'm here going yeah did we have the same father? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, maybe home. I need the question. Was I was I pawned in somewhere? It was like that, and it yeah, does welcome happen. Welcome to mid ninety mid nineteen eighties. Yeah, yeah, but it does, it does, and that's the kind of stuff that really gets in in your self esteem, and that you know. Oh, just uh, it destroyed my self esteem. I like, I mean, even simple things like you know, on a Friday having a spellings test. I mean, you think about it. Like you, one child stand up in front of 40, 40 other kids and ask mm. to spell a word, and if you can't spell it. It's just pure humiliation. So, yeah, uh, we used to hide, used to hide in the toilets, knowing that they'd be over about quarter past nine, and I'd rather get a, a shouting off a teacher for being twenty minutes late than than being humiliated. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that that's the kind of education system we had, you know. Did you grow up in that, Michelle? Did you have anything like that when where you went to school? Well, I don't remember like that, um, <clears throat> like, like, you know, being made to stand, you know, stand out like that. I probably was. But what I do know is now as a 36 year old adult, I physically can't spell it. You're very people. young. Like it happened to me today at work. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, I was trying to spell senior as an old person, you know, mm. senior dog. And then the vet was standing behind me. She said, have you written Senior, and then I looked at it and I was like, "What the fuck have I even typed?" Now it was literally a typing error, but straight away, like I got that panic, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then I could not spell it. Like I know how to spell senior, and mm. I was like, "Now I can't spell it. Can you spell it for me?" You overthink it, then, yeah, and you start to panic. And it's that like anxiety of having to do it in, in front of other people. So I assume it was the same. I remember, definitely remember having to stand up doing the tables, you know, your times tables, and as a result, I'm shit at maths. Mm. <laughs> So it wasn't yeah. just at home then, Dave. It was you know this was drilled in then in school once you get in there. Yeah, like yeah, correctly, yeah, correctly. So yeah, so there mm. was there was there was a lot of that. You know, it was a it was it was a it was a it was a good school. Now it was a here, here's the here's the here's the brilliant bit. Okay, I live well. I grew up what, fifty feet, sixty feet from a school that mm. didn't have a great reputation. Mm. So my mum sent me to one that was a mile and a half uphill, <laughs> oh, <laughs> away from the house. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is—it's quite funny because a lot of people I grew up with, uh, you know, we would have childhood friends. There's a there's a fair few of them now. Like mm-hmm. would, I mean, I know a couple are dead from heroin overdoses. So it was—it's it, it, only when you sit back and think about it now. Like I was in, she had me in hurling, rugby, Gaelic football, mm. uh, karate. Scouts was in the Scouts for years. Greatest thing that ever can make a person. Oh. Uh, highly, highly recommended. Mm-hmm. But like I, I walk now at you know I'm, I'm reasonably fit, but my my kneecaps are wrecked from you know <laughs> playing fourteen different sports a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but when I I can name people who who died ten years ago who would have been in the very early circle of friends. Mm. Uh, I know a lot of people are in prison. I know a lot oh, of people sad. with criminal convictions. So. You, you you look at that caring bit, and you yeah. you, you appreciate mm. it then. You know, mm. yeah. why why couldn't they play with him? Why can't they go out with him? 
you know, so, so mothers have a great forecast of, you know, <laughs> she knows that who I am and what I'll end up being mm. if I carry on. Or if she like, gives me an inch. hang around with him. Or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know the usual mammy thing, you know, screaming at you get him out of the house while yeah. the other person's in the room with you. You're going, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so More the par- the parents did split when you were when you were in sixth class, Dan. So probably around around probably around twelve and Dave. Uh, what what did that look like for you? What 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 what's your memory of that of that time? I don't have a great memory of it mm-hmm. uh, for some weird bizarre reason. Uh, I just know there was. Uh, for whatever reason I went well happened jeez I don't know just some sort of weird mental block so there was a you know there was a, a, a my mum kind of tortured him for a while made him come out and change light bulbs and stuff like that even though I was kind of I'm not tall now but I'm mm. pretty much the same height as I was when I was 13 and 5 foot 8 I could change light bulb yeah yeah, uh, yeah there was there was you know spending Sundays uh, in his his new home with mm. his new partner who mm. I you know took a long time not to detest mm. uh, a long long time like uh, and then I took it out on her son as well I hated him as well no they wouldn't have been aware of this hatred yeah. or anger or anything like that but you know so that, so that was blaming that. them for, for the ending of your family and their marriage oh, oh, fell 100% on her and not yeah. really much on him yeah I blame him for the the lack of confidence and, and the lack of self-being and self-worth alright yeah mm. but not uh, I don't blame him bizarrely for the mm. separation, purely blame her. Look, it, it is. It was. It was built up tent up anger, mm. but that's all kind of gone now. Do you know? Mm. So, I've, you know, how much of that then? Dogs lie. Yeah. How much of that then do you feel fed into um, your own your own issues with alcohol and Dave, or, or did it, or, or what do you think fueled that yeah. that addiction for you? Or how did it start? Uh, Can we go back to that? How mm. did the how did well, alcohol look, start? So I, when I did suppose. Yeah, look, I suppose like, you know, 14, 15, 16, you know, you're going to the teenage discos. There was a huge one in Greystones called the Latrex uh, or Club Life if you're a, a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And you would have gone and had got your four or five cans of Ritz because <laughs> it was so manly. Classic. Uh, and yeah, and sat down in Greystones Harbour and then, you know, kind of got pretty much wasted and tried to get in past the bouncers. And usually we did. Mm-hmm. It was just a scene. And that kind of progressed then when I got into my 18 and like couldn't wait to be legal. Uh, I was kind of always very mature looking for my age. Like we have a funny story where the junior cert and the leaving cert results came out at the same time. I went into the off license and got the leaving certs to drink, <laughs> even though I was doing my junior cert. And with my junior cert, I ended up being brought home, being brought home by the guards. Uh, pissed off my face on Tia Maria down in Sandy Mount how I ended up in Sandy Mount I do not know I'm from Bray uh, <laughs> you can tell you're classy the, though you, can, you know you can tell you're up there yeah, yeah. Outside, can't you yeah, Ritz yeah, and yeah, Tia yeah. Maria but do you see here, 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 here's, here's, here's the who's are and fucking no uh, no no, 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 no Linden Village. none of your uh, but sure I, I'm from uh, <laughs> I'm from the hardest area of Bray I'm from Little Bray I'm not from Big Bray <laughs> I'm from the wrong side of the, the bridge the hardest area literally, of Bray. Li- literally literally <laughs> Literally, use a, 
You just come down and see Faster Owen Palermo and then you'll see the real side of Bray. Uh, <laughs> What's that? That's like so, I'm from the nice side of Ballymun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, That's the equivalent. <laughs> yeah, literally. So, uh, but one of the one of the people my mum had always warned me about, you know, tried to keep mm. me away from and I rebelled against. He went and, and, and uh, assaulted a fellow with a screwdriver. So, you know. That's that's the reason we got brought home with a special branch. Wow. Uh, and when we got into the house, of course, I was, you know, full of defense. <laughs> the guard, the greatest thing that ever happened to me, the guard went over. He grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and literally screamed in my face so much that I was petrified. Mm. Uh, so warning signs were always there, but they were ignored. Mm. Uh, then, you know, you, you transgress into your 18s, 19s and then you're legal. Uh, and then it was just Celtic Tiger days. I was mm. working for Dublin Bus. Uh, I was mm. pulling ridiculous money. I was working because I was only in my very early 20s. I had the stamina to do 20 hour days. I got in trouble for it as well because I just wanted more and more money. But like it was a dash to get home. A friend of mine worked in a bar. So we got, you know, we used to lock up the bar afterwards and we'd stay there all night playing. <laughs> I don't know, it may make this sound funny, but we were sitting there at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning playing catchphrase on the telly. <laughs> see what you see, Mr. Chips and stuff like that, you know. If you see it, that's uh, it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that, like, that's, that's, that's kind of like the carnage. And that was, you know, seven days a week. We were stupid shit. Like we were, <clears throat> as I said, look, 15, 1600 quid a week to a 22-year-old who can't do anything with it other than get drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the way forward, you know. Uh, bought a big car, <clears throat> never bothered to insure it, never bothered to in taxes. Uh, NCT, no, thank you. Uh, remember a couple of times getting up early in the morning for an early shift, getting up a little bit earlier to go and collect my car, and it was outside the house. Uh, oops. Uh, and that was kind of pattern for about five or six years into going okay. into my mid to late 20s. Mm. Uh, and then the guards eventually caught up with me. Yeah, I, was got, I got arrested for drink driving twice in the space of a month. Uh, both very unlucky. Both about 50 yards from my front door. Uh, and that's where kind of the affirmation kind of starts. You know, this is just madness. Something has to is give. That, that's what made you then realise, okay, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, well, no, there was a lot of it. Like there was a lot of blackouts. There was a lot of messy stuff. A lot, a lot of messy stuff, destroying bedrooms. There was a lot of, uh, you know, waking up in strange places, uh, falling asleep on park benches. Really messy, messy stuff. But I couldn't associate myself. I couldn't associate myself. I, and it's not that I don't believe I was an alcoholic, or I don't believe I am an alcoholic. I just believe that uh, it just did not suit me at that time in in my life. It it was just petrol on top of a Christmas tree. It was just wasn't yeah. meant to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, issues not being addressed, uh, stuff like that. So yeah, it was just absolute carnage. I mean, look, I, I've no shame in telling people, I, one, of the, one of the greatest things that ever happened to me was being arrested for drink driving. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not the ads on the telly of cars rolling over ditches, landing on children playing football. It, none of that will, <laughs> I think that's madness because none of that will have any effect to anyone. It's the humiliation that comes afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's your name in the local paper. Uh, that That's what will truly get home because that's the greatest thing that ever happened to me was to see my name in a paper, knowing that everybody in my town will read exactly what I did and the consequences of that. So 
to me, that's the big message out there. It's not the, so, you know, as I said to you, like the drink driving ads are horrendous, yeah, yeah. but it, it needs to hit home for, of the, if you know, if you do get away mm. with not killing yourself, when you get arrested or you thankfully are arrested, mm. it's that shit that will really wake you up. So, so what you're saying is, it, you know, it's not really people flying, bombing it down the road. It's usually driving home from the pub, which might be a couple hundred yards up the road, that kind yeah. of thing. And yeah, and but and not, not only life, that, not life. that you know, car flipping or anything like that, but no. that that shame and that humiliation of being arrested, your name and yeah. Paper, so I've, I've kind of known in my early twenties, kind of like when. Look, I was facing two court cases. There was a very high possibility of uh, loss of a uh, like I lost a job in Dublin bus. Obviously, uh, didn't have a license. Mm. Uh, I was never I was never drunk driving a bus. Just get that disclaimer out there quickly. Mm. Uh, I had the responsibility not to do that. There wasn't that much of a dependency on it. Was more functioning alcoholism just to find somewhere to go in the evening because I couldn't sit at home and do nothing. It's the yeah, like as you said, it's the loss of the job public humiliation people constantly talking about you people you don't speak to on a regular basis stopping you going Jesus I seen you in the brave people last week you know that sort of stuff mm, that's mm. the that's the real when you get into that that does serious damage serious damage what impact did that have on you then Dave well basically after the the second time I was arrested I was arrested I was arrested to the day before Stevens's day and Christmas Again. Day? <laughs> yeah, the day before, oh, sorry, the day before Christmas Eve, my oh, apologies. Right, yeah. <laughs> so we decided... That's a roundabout way of saying Christmas yeah, Day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So the day before day Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve, we decided that early in the morning, you know, Stoicious, it'd be a great idea to go into uh, Georgia Street and get a kebab from Bray. Yeah, <laughs> as you do, uh, kebabs out there are brilliant. Mm -hmm. So we decided first to, um, yeah. So first spin made it in all the way in and all the way out, and then coming along the N11, bang! I was obviously guards pull me, done, mm -hmm. dusted. I had a, the greatest, greatest bit of luck. I just look. I woke up that morning and I made an appointment to go see my GP, and she knew the situation. So my GP had been kind of working with me on it, you know, and she was mm -hmm. she's brilliant. She was absolutely brilliant, and she said, "Right, she says, I'm going to give you. This has gone back two weeks before that now, so we'll just we'll go back two weeks before I was arrested. You, uh, you're going to do a really cool monologue if this was a it was this was a film and look great on the screen. Mm -hmm. So you know, two weeks ago, I went to her and I kind of said, look, my, my mother forced me to her, believe it or not. She she ordered me down, or she was throwing me out of the house. So she said, look, Dave, I'm going to give you going to give you a test. She says, I'm going to give you allow you to have three three points a day. That's your allowance." Uh, and I want to see how you get on with that. Mm. Sure. After the first day, I, I, I owed the next week <laughs> about 10 points. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was borrowing from the week to come. So it, it, it just wasn't manageable. She says, Dave, look, it's just straight up, look. There's, there's no kind of easy way to define what someone may classify themselves as an alcoholic. I, I, I think you're probably a functioning alcoholic, but, mm. you know, addiction-wise, I don't know. And she says, look, it's all kind of about, you know, your, yourself, your person. So she... Uh, she put me in touch with a member of the AA uh, and said, look, go have a coffee with him tomorrow. So I went and have a coffee. I was, I was expecting this guy, you know, your, your stereotypical tramp. Yeah, you know, yeah that sounds yeah. that that's that's the kind of horrible horrible way you use of the language but that, was, that was my expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy pulled up in a brand new five yeah. series BMW, uh, suited and booted. Mm. 
I said, "You're not, you're not, you're not Richard, are you?" He said, "I am, yeah." I said, "Fuck off." <laughs> he said, uh, "He said, I said, you know, because I was expecting them to be drunk. <laughs> it's the weirdest yeah. fucking thing ever." So uh, we went for a coffee. We started having to sit down and chat. And he says, uh, "What's social life like?" I said, oh, "It's in bits." I said, "Every time we go out, we have rows." So if you don't drink, if you go out on a night out, would you have a row? No. And I swear to God, it was like the clouds lifted. I don't, I don't, I can't get it. It was, mm. it was a pure affirmation. It was just someone to tell me that wasn't didn't have a vested interest in me or mm-hmm. you know didn't have an opinion on me said you can go out tonight with your other half and have a good night and not drink and i went fuck yeah i can can't i if i don't drink so yeah it was it was slowly you know i did go to the i did go to aa for a while but it, it kind of wasn't for me you know it saved yeah, my life yeah. yeah it saved my life 100 percent, all with everything but it just wasn't for me i went for about three years but i think i was just replacing a need with another need it uh, wasn't for you but you had to stuck it out for three years Dave yeah yeah 100% because mm. I had lost a job and I had nowhere to go I was mm. looking for something uh, and that's you know when, when things started falling back into place and I stopped going and then I was I was not going more I was I was, I was out of it more than I was ever in it yeah uh, I, again people have different needs and I would highly recommend anybody even considering or anyone with any sort of issues whether it be NA or thankfully I've never had any affiliation or any use of any sort of drugs uh, you know seek out those because they are fabulous and it was great but it just wasn't for me because all I was doing was replacing something with another uh, but you know I started getting into small little like, little internal communities within there as well and I was mm. giving talks in school you know, because if you bring someone in who's 24, 25 years of age into a class of 16, 17, 18 year olds, the very kind of close. Yeah, rather than bringing in a 44 year old guard to tell them about the dangers of alcohol, you bring in someone who's mm-hmm. not too far ahead of them in age wise, and there's a little bit more of a respect there because you are dealing with wild teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so I got into kind of that, but like kind of just, you know, life pieces start falling back into place. Uh, uh, look, I was losing weight. I was 17 and a half stone at the height of it. Uh, I'm 13 now, but the weight mm. fell off me. Weird that things were happening. was pure alcohol calories, was it? Yeah, though? well, alcohol, false calories, kebabs, chips, yeah, curry yeah. sauces, paninis, you know, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, mm. curries. Mm. Uh, uh, my liver count was horrendous, uh, very high. Fast forward a couple of months when I was when I was interacting with my doctor. Uh, before I, she set me up with the guy in the AA, she did a liver count three, four months later, 100% repaired. And don't know where I'm, I'm kind of going all over the place on you guys. I'm jumping back no. and forth. So uh, no, no, yeah, that makes sense. So, so you let's just recap then. So you met the guy in A and A and in A and A, A and A. I met a few in A and E as well. A A Alcoholics Anonymous. So for any anyone that listened last week, we had Maliki talk about the twelve step programs that helped him with yeah. his addiction. So the, the AA and NA, which would be Narcotics Anonymous, CA, and GA, Gamblers yeah, Anonymous, yeah. They, they all kind of basically follow that 12-step uh, yeah, program. Yeah, 12-step program. I never did it, believe it or mm. not. You didn't do the steps? No. Well, no yeah. That's probably a reason I I, I, uh, I, I I don't know why I didn't do it. just didn't. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Michelle, that was just to give everyone, to let everyone know what AA was. Yeah, so like one of the main there, ones Michelle. is, uh, one of the main of those steps, now I do kind of know them familiarly, is making amends. Yeah. You know, I had a very small circle to make amends to, thankfully. Uh, my mum, my partner, 
mm. uh, my younger brother and sister. So look, I think the amends that was made there wasn't made like it wasn't made, you know, in a sincere, I'm sorry. It was more the progression of me getting better was the amends that I made to make their lives even more easier and for me to be more tolerable mm-hmm. or them to be more tolerable to me, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, I got sidetracked there. Yeah. No, but I was just going to say, I guess that you <clears throat> met the guy from AA and you started going and you went for three years and then, so so where does that bring you into today then? Like, you, you still don't drink. No, no, I do. I, I do. From I, that I, day I, till today. Oh, so you, so you, you drink. Yeah. So I, I was, How I was, I was. Then into a healthy drinker, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I need Weird. to know this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so day. yeah. So, so I, 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 I don't know. I can't. It's. <laughs> yeah. So again, and then this is not to be an unhealthy story because a lot of people within the AA are are looking for the reasons that I have. Or they're looking for the excuse that I have, you know, for, for me, trying to explain it is very difficult. It just alcohol did not suit my personality for whatever, whatever mm. period of time. People ask me like it. And again, it, it's a pure Irish thing. Like if you watch any American TV, like they talk about the AA, they talk about abstinence over here. You're ashamed if you do. Mm. So, like, I found it very difficult to go out and people were going like I used to hide drinks. So, like, if I was out, you know, with, with, with my partner and our friends or if I was out with my own mates, I'd be ordering almost kind of camouflage alcohol drinks. I'd be ordering uh, tonic water with lime to make it look like I was drinking gin and tonic or I'd order a bottle of Lucozade to make it look like I was drinking cider because people constantly question you. It's like there's mm. something wrong with you that you mm. don't drink. Yeah. And that is the thing that gets me the most about Ireland. Like if you walk down any main street in France or, 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 or Barcelona or wherever in the Europe and you see a group of guys going for a walk, they could be going to a coffee shop. Mm. If you see a group of lads in there walking down any sort of main street outside of obviously lockdown, they're going on the piss. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's trying to, for me, it's trying to decipher the unhealthy relationship we have so what happened to me was is and how i ended up having the odd few now i had a drink uh, i had four bottles of beer at a party now socially distance party so you know mm. relax uh on saturday the last time i had something to drink was november last year yeah so i don't have that urge anymore I don't have the uh, maybe it's a maybe it's a maturity i don't know it's uh, i don't have the urge to go out and get uh slaughtered uh, I, I get yeah like you know yourself like the, well, don't say, i don't know your situation <laughs> say you know yourself <laughs> it's it's the, for me it was the goo i couldn't have one sociable drink or two yeah. sociable drinks i had to go out i had to go to the nightclub i had to be out there and i had, I had to cause the pure carnage um so now for me it's two or three beers and I just go home it's, it's it's quite bizarre the transformation has taken me by shock so my sister got married in croatia a good few years back about three or four years back and uh, I got really pissed off with the amount of people asking me why I didn't drink mm. so we were all out at a night out complete strangers because they would have been on her husband's side who I had no clue <clears throat> constantly questioning me about why I don't drink you're not drinking you're not you haven't a drink you're not, no no mm. I don't drink no so I literally said sorry can I get a bottle of beer I had a bottle of beer and then I had two and three bottles of beer and then I I went home uh, to her place we were staying the next day was the same couple of drinks and then I don't I think when we came back from Croatia I think again I didn't drink for about a year after that uh, so now it's kind of with me it's take it or leave it I don't home drink I, I just I don't get it mm. uh, now I don't deny anyone any drink my, my partner's very 
She likes a glass. She likes a bottle. <laughs> glass. She likes a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much like most people. Uh, but to me, I, I just I don't get it. I'd rather you know rather be out socially having a drink. I suppose I'm an extremely sociable drinker. You know when people give those uh, medical reports and the doctor asks you, "Do you smoke?" I know I, sp- I socially smoke a drink, even though yeah, I smoke yeah, 30, yeah. twenty a day. I genuinely sociable drink. I would only go, if we were going out on a staff night out or you know friend, once once in a blue moon. So like I, I drank when I think about it. I think I had four occasions last year for the whole year that I that I had something to drink, uh, and I just recognise now when I've had too much, mm-hmm. and I literally scarlet pimpernel out the door. I'm gone. Where normally <laughs> I would struggle through benders to the point that where I'm actually I have drank myself sober. I've a couple of occasions where I remember that. Mm. We've kind of touched on it a couple of times on the podcast myself and Peter in the past that you know we and obviously we've touched on the, the Irish attitude toward alcohol and you know we kind of jokingly half jokingly you know made that joke of if someone's not drinking it's like what's wrong with you? Oh, yeah. you're on an, well, you're on an antibiotic, yeah. yeah, or yeah. else. I must have had a problem with the drink. Yeah, and it's shamed. But outside you know, of that, it's, it's like, sure, have, you can have one. And even like that, well, I have a problem with the drink. Actually, you can have one. Sure, fucking one or two won't kill you. Like, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's that's, constantly that's, kind of forced it. on you to, Correct. to to indulge in it and engage. And, you know, it's rare that people go, oh, Jesus, fucking fair play to you. Well, well, well done. Yeah, just do you want a Coke or can I get you a LucasAid or something like that? It's like, ah, sure, fucking one won't kill you. You can have the one or, you know, it's, it's, it's very much pushed with an agenda. Of but I, I wonder, is that the same now for young people, like people in their 18, 19, 20? Yeah, like, I, 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 for me, you know, we're all relatively around the same age, mm, so it was, mm, would have been mm. the same. But like, is it the same now for the younger generation? Are they a bit more continental than we were? You well, know? Well, well, if I can speak from clinical practice, what I say is now it's just coke. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's Drugs what's changed. Instead. Now, now cocaine is just it's just rampant. Uh, so I, 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 I have no experience with drugs. Like, mm-hmm. like heroin was a scourge of where I grew up. Mm-hmm. All right, and you know that was drilled into you the dangers of that. Thankfully, mm-hmm. and as I said to you, if if I wasn't you know in A and E from some rugby tackle, I was you know punching the head off a fella on the hurling pitch. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the the, the the cotton wool. Did you find sport I grew up wrapped around? Did you find Pardon? sport as a as an outlet for maybe some of the aggression or some of that anger that might have been there? From the break, yeah, because like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm, a, I'm a stocky guy. I'm, I'm mm. only, but I'm only five foot nine. But mm. like I was, I was, I have to be five foot nine since I was thirteen. Mm. So yeah, like I, I no, they, they never lashed out. I never lashed out, and and I wouldn't have ever considered myself a bit of a bully. Um, you, you, you I suppose yeah, there's a kind of a jock in there if you mm. excuse the American kind of yeah, phrase, which yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I left. I was in a regimental. Catholic school in up from up to third year and I kind of just got my own way and got myself into a community college where I was mixing with Bosnians I was mixing with you know races and religions that I'd never had experience with and I was mixing with girls because it was girls in our class <laughs> uh, I had know. 11 years in an all boys school <laughs> yeah. to step into a mixed yeah. school was like this is fucking fantastic <laughs> yeah yes exactly so if you're in a you're in an all boys Catholic school if you mm. have an erection there's yeah. something very wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> you have an erection but, just because you're a fucking 14 year old boy <laughs> yes exactly and I was I, to see what's going on I, hey what are we doing I, oh maths class oh yeah let's have a look there get no, we're just bored 
Lord. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was mixing with like Jehovah's Witnesses, and they were the most stunning women I have ever set my eyes on. They were absolutely beautiful uh, girls, and we still have great connections with them. Mm. Uh, and then you heard they were celibate, and you're going, "What? <laughs> <laughs> What's that so mean?" They weren't that good looking anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got ugly very quick. But no, you know, and and I, I, that's where I started the flower. But then, unfortunately, you know, as 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 teenagers do, you go into the, you know, the the rebellious stage. And uh, no, I, I didn't take out. There wasn't. There was. I wasn't an aggressive person. No, I, I can't imagine. I, I hope I fucking wasn't. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think I owe many people an apology for my teen years, early mm-hmm. teen years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like that would have been obviously that would be me mum protecting me from the heroin scourge, you know. Yeah. So you've got you've got to the point now, Dave. You, you overcame that yeah. as alcohol abuse, that and yeah. let's let's be honest by all by all kind of descriptions, alcoholism. Uh, you know, meet, meeting the criteria of of what it describes. You know, not being able to go out without drinking. An important not part couldn't. of your life, uh, abuse and drink, drinking more, not able to have the tree as the doctor, and I think that's maybe what the doctor was doing. Which let's try on. Tree. Oh yeah, I knew, I knew, uh, I knew what she was doing from the very beginning. She said that yeah, to me. She's yeah. not going to let you have tree a day. You want to see how that goes? And she's, yeah, yeah. After the first week when I reconnected with her, she said, "How did you get on?" I said, "Oh, I, I can't drink for the next four months because <laughs> they don't that I owe the following." She said, "That was that was her litmus test for me, you know." Yeah, yeah. But you, you've got to the point now where you're able to have a, a healthy relationship with an alcohol, and it's. A social drink it's a few drinks knowing it's a respect now yeah, yeah. yeah absolute respect and, and I, I think and that's I think that's the issue that, that I, un, underpins the, the Irish attitude to, to alcohol is it's 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 not treated with respect it's it's abused like yeah but even even if you consider yeah it is it is abused and then the people mm. that try to make a difference in their life they're doubly abused mm. because they're, mm. made, they're made to feel that there is something yeah. broken within them yeah uh, do, do you think you that know. is as, as because it reflects on perhaps the others that can't give it up or I, I've often to... put a thought into that you know yeah, uh, yeah. not 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 saying that there would be enablers or anything like mm, that or mm. you know like like a, your typical drug pusher or anything like mm. that but I, I often thought of of the the personalities that you know I don't know people are very uncomfortable drinking around someone that doesn't yeah. drink as well yeah 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 extremely Definitely. uncomfortable yeah. uh, I, I've had a few no, I wouldn't say run-ins now or anything like that, but I've had a few people, you know, you know, quip, uh, oh, you're going to fucking remember everything, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I've uh, had that. You know? I wouldn't be a huge drinker myself and I yeah. wouldn't bother me to go out in the night without drinking and I've, I've definitely had that. Like, and I've know. probably been the person who said that. <laughs> 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 Michelle, you touched on it a little bit before, uh, yeah. I think in episode one, of, well, your first your first episode around, you know, you did, you you used alcohol yourself to, to, to sleep through what you were going through. You, you know, you kind developed a little bit of a dependence on it well it wasn't so much a dependence as in I was working Monday to Friday you know mm. and I so I wasn't drinking during the week does that make, does that make sense yeah yeah but at yeah. the weekend I would absolutely drink so I could not feel an emotion or I was self-medicating do you know what I mean I was, yeah but I was in very I was in a lot of dis- I was very distressed at the time do you know like it's probably before I was put on medication or recently mm-hmm. on the counsellors and mm-hmm. there's a lot of weird shit had gone on in my life. So, you know, I kn- knew I was doing it though. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't like it was purposeful. Does that make sense? Mm. It was very self-destructive. Like, I knew that. Would yeah. you relate to any of that, Dave? Yeah, 100%. Uh, 
I, I don't know if I was using it to as a crutch for for anything that I I'd gone through. I just I now recognise it was probably the reason I did it. Uh, my my weird thing like I tried to tell like anyone that asked me about my my abstinence and stuff like that, particularly at the very beginning, is you know the, the one thing I remember the most like uh, after I gave it up is when I found it harder to sleep. I had the most bizarrest vivid dreams where I had to literally wake up, reassure myself that I actually wasn't pissed, uh, that I hadn't pissed the bed, mm. that I hadn't done something stupid. Uh, my doctor, again, she's she was brilliant because the first thing I went looking for was sleeping tablets. <laughs> she just told me to get the fuck out of her office. Mm. <laughs> you're not replacing one thing with yeah. another. Yeah. I, I, but those are classic you know. symptoms of withdrawal. Those maybe are maybe because they, like, no, they are yeah no matter what what yeah. you're on like i've experienced those from taking sleeping tablets mm-hmm. um from that exact what you're saying like waking up mental dreams like just not mm-hmm. knowing what's going on from taking sleeping tablets for a few days it's desperate so I yeah it's, 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 i i i uh, i i don't know if 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 i don't know if you want to call it what sort of kind of treatment program i was on it was kind mm-hmm. of i i i I connected with the break community addiction team. So I did a bit of counseling in there with them and, um, oh, the holistic therapies were great. I got cool. acupuncture or auricular acupuncture and massages. So I caused all this damage on society and the cost to the guards. And yes, I was getting massaged for it on a Thursday morning. Uh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> uh, fa- fabulous service. Absolutely fantastic yeah. service. Great. Well, it's good, uh, it's good to hear that, you know, you've, you've, you've found that uh, proper relationship with alcohol uh, at the moment. They have normally... I get thrown under the bus for words of inspiration or alternative quotes or mottos or life philosophies that may help people. But when we have a guest on, I get to put that out to them. Is there any words of wisdom you offer or any any motto you live by or any words of inspiration you can you can give to people from 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 your life experience? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, uh, it wouldn't be a part of a motto. It's kind of a, a life affirmation. You know, I I, ne- I wasn't ready for school at 18, 19 or 17, 18, 19. I genuinely wasn't. Mm. I, I truly believe give education a chance now before you're not, you're never too old. Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't believe I'm doing this. I, I am the second oldest person in my class. It's one day a week. It's online for what I'm doing. It's mm. one day a week. It's online. It's a paid uh, apprenticeship as well. Mm. So if you have the opportunity, where you know, obviously look, there has to be a, a lot of supports there in relation to finance as well, depending on your current needs. If even if you can do something, even at night. Uh, you can really, really improve your financial situation. Uh, now, it's a coincidence that I'm a financial planner. I'm not giving a financial <laughs> planner speech. I'm giving mm. a genuine one. If you feel, don't don't let a job, you know, get you down. Don't let it drag you down. If you even doesn't matter what it is, I I can't believe I'm doing this now. Uh, I'm going to you know have a degree at forty years of age. Wow. Uh, and being the eldest, it's never too old. Do it yeah, yeah. because yeah, it's brilliant. M- yeah. My if I was to go out there tomorrow into the workforce with nothing, I'm looking at 11, 12 euro an hour. Uh, that's no disrespect to anybody mm. that earns that. But if you want to try and, you know, buy a home, whatever, it, it's going to be not possible mm. uh, with the housing crisis. So, you know, the the the, 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 the middle income levels are out there and they're only a Thursday night for a couple of hours. Yeah. They genuinely are. Um, so education that's that's, that's uh, massively your, that's so something I completely disrespected 
and I wasn't able for it but now I'm mature enough to yeah I was the same it, it, I was 33 I was 33 when I went back to study so or went yeah. to study yeah so absolutely I started yeah it's, it's, it's self improvement is is is, <clears throat> is is the most important thing to me now I, I can't get enough I can't wait to do another one <laughs> God knows yeah, yeah, like, yeah a bit of a as, fucking as, masochist Dave <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but you see the thing is this is this is where it is, is there's a lot of courses out there that you can do to obtain a degree or a diploma mm. They're tailored to school leavers. Yeah. So yeah, you've yeah. you've done the shit that they're fucking learning about. <laughs> so you walk through it. <laughs> uh, you know, so you you've got to remember that. There's a lot of stuff that's being tailored out there for 16, 17, 18 year olds. I always did a I did a course, like part of my degree, there was a syllabus on fucking management. I was an area manager for O2. Like I walked that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, so that yeah. that's the stuff. I'm doing financial planning. One of the biggest parts of it was loans. I'd fucking fucked up that many loans that I knew exactly how to get in and out of the course. Like, it, 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 that's why I sat back there petrified going, oh my God, what am I doing? And going, here, this is a piece of cake. I've done this. You're, you're, yeah. at, 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 a, at an older level, your life experiences will carry you through yeah. those courses. School of life. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it's invaluable. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story, your honesty, and again, and every time we've a guest on, this is going to resonate with with so many people. Um, yeah, and, it was really, really good. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so yeah, much for I'm, giving us your time and, and and your story. Just reach out to your doctor, plain and simple. Yeah, your doctor will know where all the supports are. That's Great. that's that's really where that's the best advice I can give. Great, Dave. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. All for right, you thank look you. after yourself. So a huge thank you to Dave Dunn for sharing his experience uh, around alcohol and how, how he has changed his, his attitude and, and his relationship with alcohol and for his words of wisdom. If you'd like to check us out, you can do so on all the social media channels. You know what to do. You know how to get us on Twitter, STRA Talking Pod. You know how to get us on Instagram, Facebook. We're not that hard to find. Website, stmhpodcast.com. If you want to email us with your story or any topics you might have uh, that you'd like covered, do feel free to get in contact. Hello at stmhpodcast.com. Big shout out to Fiona Bryan. The music that you're about to hear now in a couple of seconds, that's Fion. He knocked out a banger for us and he's got that gangstar sample in there. And mind is a terrible thing to waste. Shout out to Aideen at Digital Design Lab who gave us a hand a while back with the graphics. And big shout out to you, Zibby Helen, a.k.a. Michelle McGuire. Number three, you're knocking them out the park. Thank you. Bit of a weird one this week. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes we have a weird day. Sometimes we have a weird week. That's that's fucking life. You know, one day you're up. One minute you're up. Next minute something could change. That. That's just life. Look after yourself, folks. Look after each other. Street talk. 